Coming up, British strippers, little nippers, and strong grippers. Plus, Mr. Robertson's Neighborhood, more reasons to drink than ever in this episode's Drinking with the Devil, and what the fuck is a pram? All this and more on this smaller-than-usual episode of Kiss the Goat. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. X, and this is Kiss, Kiss the, the Goat. Light a candle for the sinners, set the world on fire. This circle is closed, nothing is true, and everything is permitted. This is episode 23 of Kiss the Goat, and welcome to it. Please, everyone, clasp hands, drink some cheap-ass bourbon, and welcome the ghostly spirit of the patron saint of Kiss the Goat, Mr. John Carradine. And this is John Carradine. Witches, they pray. I know the secret. Full moon, killing things. I'm going to take the brain of a lesbian and put it into the body of a man who works for the telephone company. But why? What good will this do anybody? It'll show those fools who call me mad. Every once in a while, we run across a movie that is so horribly crazy pants bizarre that even we don't know what to do with it. We just kind of sit and stare at it slack-jawed with our heads cocked like confused dogs who are frightened by their own farts. (laughs) And something of this horrible magnitude hasn't happened since, I don't know what, Night Train to Terror? Oh, God, that sounds about right. (laughs) So hang on, acolytes, we're going for a ride. This episode's movie is a master's class in what the fuck. Get ready for Joan Collins, of all people, in 1974's The Devil Within Her. Back in a flash. Almost midnight. Enough time for one more story. They try to kill us. You ungodly warlock. But we just won't stay dead. The Midnight Horror Show, the internet's goriest and raunchiest horror podcast since 2008. Now live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at tmhsradio.com. Listen on your mobile device with the TuneIn app, search TMHS Radio, or download us at iTunes, Podomatic, or the TMHS Radio page. Hey, Cherish. It's 8 o'clock. Is it time to get the show on the screen or what? Do you enjoy watching films with friends? Do you like to consume vats of alcohol? It's the 40s and some bitches, baby. Yeah. Me? I like beer. If you like all that and none of those artsy-fartsy films. Does this mean we don't get to go to the Fellini Festival? Fuck the Fellini Festival. Then watch and listen to Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. 
Every Wednesday, myself and a rotating panel of the filthiest podcasters I can muster up give you our comments, observations, and sometimes we might actually talk about the film as we class up some of your favorite films. The only way we know how, as raunchy as we can. What's this movie, PG? Oh, yeah. This podcast sure is fucking... Not only do you get the audio, but the video that goes with it. Just listen to the shit that comes out of these filthy pirates. You don't need to get an erection when your cock's full of rigor mortis. <laughs> fucking curb stomp a baby for a baconator right now. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't let Corky run Cerebro. Unforgivable. If you could stand all that, come and get your fill and your fix of Two Drink Minimum Commentaries. All the cool kids are doing it. Two Drink Minimum Commentaries is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. And now it's time to visit... Mr. Robertson's Neighborhood, to find out what Reverend Pat has to say to us today. Pat, this is Andreas who says, I have a friend whose wife suffers from Alzheimer's. She doesn't even recognize him anymore, and as you can imagine, the marriage has been rough. My friend has gotten bitter at God for allowing his wife to be in that condition, and now he started seeing another woman. He says that he should be allowed to see other people because his wife, as he knows her, is gone. I'm not quite sure what to tell him. Please help. Oh. That is a terribly hard thing. It is, I, th I, I hate Alzheimer's. It, it is one of the most awful things because here's the loved one. This is the woman or man that you have loved for 20, 30, 40 years, and suddenly that person is gone. They're gone. They are gone. So what he says basically is correct, but I, I know it sounds cruel, but he's, he, if he's going to do something, he should divorce her and start all over again. But uh, you know, to make sure she has custodial care and somebody looking after her. But isn't that the vow that we take when we marry someone? That it's yeah, for better, well, for worse, for richer, for poorer? I know. Poor it's, if, if you respect that vow, but you say, look, death do us part, this is the kind of death. I certainly wouldn't put a guilt trip on you. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat. It's time to check in on our old friend, Scratch. Let's see what kind of wacky havoc he's unleashing on this particular physical plane. Prepare yourself for Satan in the News with our special guest correspondent, Sin Fallon. Hair is Satan. In Iran, spiky hair is believed to be evil and is now outlawed. Quote, devil-worshipping hairstyles are now forbidden. Any shop that cuts hair in the devil-worshipping style will be harshly dealt with and their license revoked, end quote. Equally evil are tattoos and eyebrow plucking. And you thought you were just metrosexual, you devil-worshipper, you. Beelzebub in the bath. Beyond the terrible twos that most breeders know, there lies an even more insidious time in a child's life. Demonic possession. It can happen anywhere, anytime, to anyone or at least some believers believe. Such is the case of three-year-old Natalia Atramova in Russia. The poor toddler suffered from demonic possession, according to her mother. Even the neighbors knew of Tamara Atramova's suspicion of the growing evil within her growing child. Like any good mother, Atramova filled the bathtub with holy water and hoped the girl would drink enough of the holy water to, quote, wash the devil away, end quote, and drown the terrified toddler. Police said the mother, quote, showed no remorse for what she had done, although she had not meant to kill her, end quote. Artemova can face a life sentence for infanticide if found sane. Hellions in your head. 
A toddler was left with his uncle while his father went grocery shopping. Larry, Leroy, Floyd then took a steak knife and performed a butchered circumcision on the 20-month-old. The Florida man's babysitting responsibilities may have been unclear as to whether or not they included an impromptu surgery with kitchen cutlery. Floyd claimed he had been hearing a voice in his head whom he called the devil the past seven to eight years. Floyd claimed the devil controlled him and told him to attack his nephew. The boy's father returned home to find his son bleeding. The child underwent surgery and is recovering. Floyd is facing competency hearing to determine his level of sanity or lack thereof. Because Florida. Satan in your sauce. On Cinco de Mayo, Taco Bell conjured up a devilish concoction released on Cinco de Satan. The new sauce, called Diablo, comes in black packets indicative of the burned flesh of seared souls in hell. The Diablo sauce is filled with hellfire peppers to appease the appetites of acolytes across this cursed country. Reporting from hell, this is the original Sin, Cindy Sin Fallon. Thank you, Sin. And now, here's X with the weather. Thanks, Cutie. If you look outside and see dark clouds, there's a chance of rain. Hopefully not the devil's rain, because that shit will make your skin fall off. And you get trapped inside a giant Coleman lantern. Also a very bad scene. But it's not the devil's rain we're dealing with right now. It's something much more insidious. The devil's semen? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's a kind of rain. I'm not sure that's the same. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, if you pull out just in time and then stand up on the bed. Uh, Okay, I get it. It's like a David Fincher film, like fucking rain towers. (laughs) Well, that's a vivid mental picture. It's like Seattle, but, you know, thicker. We talk about the movie now, please. Oh, I thought we were. This episode's movie is Peter Sasty's 1974 movie, The Devil Within Her. Also known as I Don't Want to Be Born. Also known as Sharon's Baby. Also known as The Monster. Now, if you're confused right now, it makes sense. We've already covered the movie Beyond the Door, which was known internationally as The Devil Within Her. This, however, is a totally different movie. Even though they are superficially similar. Well, they both deal with English women and their English devil babies, but after that, the movies go down completely different paths. Both of them absolutely friggin' bizarre. We'll be back after these messages from other podcasts that you should be listening to. Along with ours. Not like instead of. Keep listening to us. Please. But listen to these guys too. Then you come to the right place. My name is Gary and I am your guide to Cinema Beef Podcast. Every episode we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet! Alright, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, and listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, 
be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Cinema Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder. My name is Mike. You may know me from the Evil Episodes podcast, where we talk about all that's good and bad on horror television. But I watch a lot of movies, too, and you can hear me and my panel of guests talk about these on the Not So Evil Episodes sidecast. My name is Doug. You may know me from the No Budget Nightmares podcast. Every month, we choose a theme that allows us to talk about some movies that don't always get the love or seething hatred they deserve. My name is Iris. You may know me from the Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts podcast. Whether we're defending a movie we love or ripping apart a movie we hate, you can always expect some spirited and passionate discussion about movies on the Not So Eagle episode podcast. My name is X. You may know me from the Kiss the Goat podcast. Join us once a month for unpredictable, not safe for work discussion about some of the best and worst movies ever made. There's not often a fight, but sometimes there is. That's a Not So Evil episode side turning movies inside out for your listening pleasure you can find us on the horror philly network the legion network itunes stitcher and wherever fine podcasts are sold scream run hide it is the time of absolute terror You will have a baby, a monster, an evil monster conceived in your womb, as big as I am small and possessed by the devil himself. The devil within her. She believes her child is possessed. Yours is the profession that practices exorcism. Not since Rosemary's baby, conceived by the devil. devil within her rated r welcome back to kiss the goat and you've just heard the shrill scream filled trailer for 1974's sharon's monster devil baby within her doesn't want to be born catchy title i bet that was a bitch to fit on the poster you know what else is catchy the sound of joan collins screaming it's like the song of angels burning on their way down to earth from heaven and, and there is a lot of screaming and moaning during the opening sequence, which is what I like to think of as disco birth. Because <laughs> there's lots of shots of Joan Collins squirming about on the bed, trying not to mess her hair up. The camera zooming in and out on the bright medical lights. Wildly inappropriate music. It's a nice birth. It's got a good beat. You could totally dance to it. Well, you figure any birth is in trouble when Donald Pleasance is your obstetrician, but he confirms it by literally saying, this one doesn't want to be born. Right, so why not grab the biggest, most horrifying set of forceps made by man? Pleasance opens Joni up like a three-car garage and pulls that youngster out of there like a semi. That is a horrible analogy. Nope. <laughs> The first clue that something is wrong with the baby is when he scratches Joni's face, leaving three giant blood trails down her cheek. So the baby has blood on its fingernails, and Joni takes this really personal, screaming about how she just wanted to hold him. 
Now they named the baby Nikki. And let's talk about names for just a second here, because if you're watching this movie under the title Sharon's Baby, you might just wonder who Sharon is, because Joan Collins' character is named Lucy. There is no one named Sharon in the whole friggin' movie. Joni's husband is a macho Italian dude named Gino. He's very sweet, though, and he has a sister that's actually a sister, as in she's a nun named Albana. I call her Sister Lou Albana. So who's watching the baby? A terrible old British woman named Mrs. Hyde. She hates everything and everyone, including the baby. Well, so one afternoon, while Joan Collins, who is Lucy but is not Sharon, is talking with a friend, they hear a ruckus upstairs in the baby's room. And they run upstairs, and all the toys have been pulled over and knocked down. The room's been rolled. Of course, it couldn't have been the baby. But it must have been the baby, because there's nobody else up there. There's something wrong with him. But there's nothing wrong with this baby. It's not ugly. It's not deformed. It's just a kid, but they treat it like it's a monster. And this happens all through the movie, which is funny as hell. Be afraid of the infant in the yellow pajamas. But he's so unnaturally big and strong. <laughs> no, he isn't. <laughs> That's what makes this movie so wonderful. It's a normal kid that the characters want us to believe is a demon-possessed mutant baby, and it's clearly not. The friend who's visiting, by the way, is Caroline Monroe. Uh, schlock fans know her from such classics as Star Crash and the last horror movie. She's a minor character in this movie. Her name's Mandy, and she comes and she gives without taking. And then we send her away. Mandy and Lucy, who is not Sharon, start talking about old times, like when they were strippers together. Dancers, honey. Dancers. You know, what the fuck ever. Now, Joan starts reminiscing about those happy times, dressing like a German mead wench and dancing about with a dwarf named Hercules. It's a living. One night, Hercules follows her into the dressing room and starts touching her and rubbing her shoulders and feeling her up with those chubby little hands. She screams, and the club owner comes in. So he stops Hercules from raping her. So to show her thankfulness, she fucks the club owner. Mm. Her, his name's Tommy, and he's got teeth like Indian corn. Native American corn. What the fuck ever. Now she's on her way to Italy when all of a sudden Hercules jumps out at her and curses her. You will have a baby, a monster, as big as I am small and possessed by the devil himself. It's also very apparent that Lucy is a terrible parent. She tries to give the baby a bottle, but the baby throws it and it shatters. Uh, 1974, y'all, glass baby bottles. But instead of attributing that to standard baby behavior, she just says, He hates me. <sighs> what the fuck ever and Sister Albana and the entire family uh, decide that this child needs to be baptized. Um, well, christened. Catholic. So everyone is gathered at the church. You think the baby's going to freak out? Durr. <laughs> <laughs> the baby spazzes out so much the priest can't hold it. And it's making this sound like a freaking sheep bleeding, only backwards. So they take it to the hospital, where, again, we can see this is a normal-sized, perfectly human child. There's nothing about this kid to make us believe anything the characters are saying about it. 
Dr. Donald Pleasant says he had to sedate the kid to examine him. But I kind of get the feel of this character enjoys sedating children anyway. Yeah, well, call him like I see him. In fact, Pleasant's big idea for taking care of the kid is to use sedation sparingly. It's still a ridiculous piece of advice. He does, however, suggest that uh, Joni slash Lucy not Sharon see a shrink and engage a full-time nurse that night the kids parents go out on a date now this is the first time they've been out of the house since the kid has been born Joni says mind you it's been about a week maybe. spoiled fucking anyway this babysitter they have is great too she looks at little Nicholas in his crib and says now go to sleep <laughs> yeah okay because <laughs> that's how it works Ugh, what the fuck ever, man. When they come back, the baby's trying to drown the babysitter. He's got her by the hair, holding her face in the water. She was giving the kid a bath and suddenly found she couldn't raise her head up. Devil power. Extreme strength. Demon baby. What the fuck ever. Now Joni starts to freak out. She looks at the baby and sees Hercules, the evil dwarf. Obviously, this is a woman with some massive guilt issues. The next day, the babysitter takes the baby for a ride in the pram. And I would like to know who was responsible for the basic pram design. This thing's got better suspension than most American cars. It does. You can flip up the top over the baby, kind of like beetle scales. I bet those things are bulletproof. And the wheels, so high. They're like... They're like those bikes George Washington would have ridden. <laughs> it's a silly machine, yet somehow I actually really like them better than the modern American stroller. Those things just look like something Megaforce would have rejected for having tires that were too big. If you could put missile launchers on the side <laughs> of a pram, it would be the ultimate weapon. It would. It would be like Lone Wolf and Cub, where the baby part is made of wood, and there are daggers in the handles and sharp blades on the wheels. Imagine pushing that through Piccadilly Circus. You could hamstring everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the babysitter takes the baby out for a pram ride. Would you say she has to push the pram a lot? No, you would say that. Someone has to. What the fuck ever. <laughs> well, I end up in a public park by a stream or river or something, some body of water, and the babysitter parks the pram against a tree. There's this old woman in the same area walking her dogs, and her dogs are named Mitch and Ken. <laughs> Not your typical dog names. <laughs> More like typical accountant names. Maybe the dogs did her taxes. One never knows. Well, the babysitter is looking up at the sky when this little arm comes up out of the pram and pushes her into the river. And she fucking flies, too, man. It looks like she gets pushed about eight feet away from the shore, (laughs) and then she bashes her head on a rock. (laughs) Mitch and Ken discover the body, and the old woman screams and screams like she didn't live through World War II. But wait, there's more. While the babysitter is learning not to dive in shallow areas, Joni tells Chachi... Mandy. Mandy, that right before she married Gino, she slept with Tommy, the strip club owner. Mm -hmm. 
so Tommy might be the father of the baby. By the way, the baby only has one outfit. It's this yellow onesie that he wears throughout the entire movie. Wait, Tommy wears a onesie? No, Nikki wears a onesie. The devil baby. Oh, but Tommy could be the father? Maybe so. Then who's the mother? Not Sharon. Well, not Mrs. Hyde either. She just gets meaner and meaner. She was already the housekeeper, and now she has all the babysitting duties, too. And she fucking hates that kid. Tommy? Nikki! Chino! Brad! Janet! Rocky! Mrs. Hyde is watching a young man clean out the storm drain, or something. It's like this hollow space on the porch, and there's a sort of manhole cover over it. So the kid finds a dead rat in there and throws it into the dustbin. Mrs. Hyde goes inside for just a second, and when she comes back outside, the rat is in her cup of tea. <laughs> and she screams like she didn't live through World War II, and she drops her cuppa. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Joni slash Lucy has made her way back to the strip club where Tommy is auditioning new talent. And that's not a euphemism. He's actually taking notes on the dancers, what kind of acts they do, like he's hiring for a fucking ballet company. So he's a sleazeball with artistic pretensions. Uh-huh, and pirate teeth. Right. Tommy immediately offers her her old job back. Well, you know, that makes sense. She's already trained. It can't be a bad gig. Well, Tommy and Lucy pop out for a drink. Well, Sister Lou Albana has a terribly long conversation with Dr. Donald Pleasance about theology and science and religion and medicine and... It's boring! Oh, God, it feels like it lasts for fucking 45 minutes. And Pleasance is all, there's no way this baby is possessed. And Albana is all, the baby is possessed by evil. I don't believe in evil. I don't believe in not evil. I'm not even sure I believe in babies. Jesus believes in babies. Well, we're not going to agree on everything, but at least we're polite. You would have made a good doctor. You would have made a lousy nun. I wish I knew how to quit you. Come on into my tent. But the sheep are watching. Oh, it's good for them. It's natural. Let them learn. Sister Lou goes back to work, and she's doing some kind of vague experimentation on rats. Something about repressing violence. Meanwhile, Tommy is trying to seduce Lucy in the 70s Eric Idle sort of way, you know, pumping her full of beer, nudging, winking, saying no more. Now, when Lucy insinuates that the baby is Tommy's, date's over. Uh, mm. She slaps him in the face and storms out. But you know what? Tommy likes it rough, and so he agrees to go look at the baby. I guess they're checking for physical similarities. I don't really know what the point of Tommy seeing the baby is. Did they even have reliable paternity tests in 1974? That's honestly a good question. I, I don't know. Maybe a blood test of some sort? Probably. Maybe not full-on DNA matching. Well, Tommy takes the blanket off of little Nikki. It... <laughs> little Nikki! Oh, <laughs> That's God. Funny. This fucking movie predicted Adam Sandler's career. Jesus! Anyway... <laughs> The baby slugs Tommy in the mouth, drawing blood, and Tommy tells her that the little bastard must be hers, and he storms off. Now, Gino, poor schlub, uh, he's preparing to take Lucy away on a baby-free holiday, so he's buying wine 
and gifts and, you know, glass dildos and all kinds of things to make her forget that she gave birth to Satan. So the happy couple get shit-faced on warm champagne and have passionate married sex while shitty sax solo plays in the background. What I want to know is, if they can do all of this at home, why the hell are they going on vacation? Save the money, assholes. Well, Gino hears the baby crying, and he gets up to investigate. He's wearing a beautiful crimson terry cloth robe, much like I imagine the Spanish Inquisition used to wear. I'm not falling for it this time. Nice try. What the fuck ever? So Gino goes into the baby's bedroom. The window's open and the blinds are all broken and smashed. And this is a second story room. Gino can hear the baby laughing outside. So he grabs a flashlight and goes downstairs to investigate. And once he makes it onto the porch, he hears a noise upstairs. I mean, what kind of topsy-turvy world is this? It's a world where a devil baby somehow has rope. (laughs) Heavy, thick rope. And he can tie a perfect hangman's noose and slip it down around Gino's neck and pull it taut. What the fuck ever? No! It's what the movie wants us to believe. That happened. Little Nicky hanged his father, dropped his body onto the portico, and he slid down into the storm drain. Well, the next morning, Lucy, who is still not Sharon, is understandably concerned because she can't find her husband. The baby's room is torn all to hell again, which actually kind of seems to be the norm. By the way, Joan Collins is wearing so much rouge in this scene, it's almost racist. I mean, it seriously looks like war paint. So she starts the phone tree. Call Gino at the office. He's not there. Call Mandy for moral support. She might be over if she can drag her outside of bed. She's sleeping with Tommy, so the odds of that are pretty small. <laughs> Lucy tells Mrs. Hyde she's going out because Gino is missing, and all that old bat does is complain about the baby. How can he be so destructive? What the hell's wrong with him? Shut up, old woman. Dr. Donald Pleasance is coming this afternoon to take the baby to the hospital. Well, Lucy checks with Sister Lou. She hasn't seen Gino either. Mrs. Hyde has the baby on the porch, and she gets mad because little Nicky has thrown his blanket and toys out of the pram. She totally freaks out. She's all, you little monster, if any of my children had turned out like you, I don't know what I would have done. Uh, because he threw stuff out of the stroller. You know what? Babies throw shit. That is what babies do. That is that is what they can do. So unless you keep your baby wrapped up in a fucking straitjacket, you should expect that to happen. Well, Mrs. Hyde isn't very cool with the new parenting techniques. You know, like letting the baby stay awake for more than 10 minutes at a time. Lucy checks with Gino's secretary. She hasn't heard from him. She goes to the police station to file a report. Sister Lou relieves Mrs. Hyde from her babysitting duties so she can go find something else to whine about. This potted meat is too grisly. This pint is too warm. My twat has too many cobwebs. Sister Lou goes to the nursery and starts taunting the baby. Gets right down in its face. Why don't you love us? We want to love you. So little Nikki grabs the nun's crucifix that she's wearing around her neck and slashes her face open with it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you shouldn't get down in the killer baby's face like that. It's fucking rude. 
That's what you get. Uh, Dr. Donald arrives to take the baby in for more testing, except he doesn't. He goes to check on Lucy, which means pretty much sedatives for everyone. This guy loves to sedate people. So once Lucy is good and groggy, he leaves via the back door. That's not a euphemism either. Now, we already know that Gino fell down the storm drain. Later, we saw Mrs. Hyde push the cover back over the drain for the broom. As Dr. Donald is leaving, the drain is uncovered, and Gino's arm is sticking up, visible from inside the storm drain. Now, how strong and how fast are we supposed to believe this baby is? Because right now, he is like evil Jack-Jack. When Dr. Donald bends over to get a better look at Gino, the baby picks up a shovel and cuts his head off. Two strokes, and his head's gone. And no one can hear him scream because he's sedated. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, you don't actually see the baby swing the weapon, but you know it's supposed to be the baby. That's just fucking stupid. And this is where my suspension of disbelief snaps. You actually made it this far? Dude, I'm a writer. I'll give anything a go. Yeah, that's a fair cop. Lucy has some kind of morphine-induced nightmare where she's sleeping with Tommy. The baby is gone. Sister Lou has drowned in the tub. And Gino is dressed up in the nun's habit and has no eyes. So she wakes up when Mandy calls from work, who is still stripping and still working with Hercules to work. Now, to be clear, Hercules is not stripping. No, thankfully. He's wearing a tuxedo and a top hat, but he is dancing with strippers, kind of like a miniature Kid Rock. Lucy gets out of bed looking for Sister Lou, and instead she finds the baby missing and the window open in his room. So she wanders outside to the back porch, the scene of so much unbelievable death. And she about falls down the storm drain like a schmuck. She trips over the cover. And that's when she sees Hercules in the trees. Now, this is strange because we know that Hercules is at the strip club. But he's got a scalpel and he's chasing her. So, is the baby Hercules? Is Hercules the baby? It doesn't matter because whoever it is, it's speaking her name and trying to get in the door and she can't even push it closed because the baby is so strong. And it is the baby talking and brandishing weapons. It has to be because Hercules is still dancing with strippers. That is my favorite Kevin Costner movie, Dances with Strippers. (laughs) Jesus God. Not surprised by that at all. Um, Anyway, the baby, or whatever it is, the baby rams the blade right through Joan Collins' heart. So the baby's now rendered itself an orphan, so I hope it's big enough and smart enough to know how to cook and pay bills. Dumbass. But wait, Sister Lou is on the scene, and she's gonna do a baby exorcism. Ah, Which really all this entails is a lot of mumbled Latin and a few things in the house shake. But, at a strip joint a few miles away, a dwarf is dying on stage. (laughs) Literally, dying. As the devil leaves the baby, Hercules has a fucking heart attack and kills over. Don't really know why it didn't kill the baby. Because this is a movie. You don't kill babies. What the fuck ever. Anyway, the baby, who looks and acts no different 
is magically just fine now. Uh, the only thing at all changed is that he seems less angry towards Catholics. Sister Lou genuflects and the baby doesn't gutter with a chainsaw. And that's it for this movie. <laughs> we'll come back in a bit and tell you what we really think of it. 72 movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list the video nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you can join me and my co-host Andy Blockley Hello, hello. as we chat about the 72 films, reviewing them all from the video nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about it, Andy. Okay, 1982, 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out. fucking Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> it's Rumpelstiltskin with a devil-possessed baby. Oh my god. Sort of. It's, it's a dwarf-possessed baby. I don't even fucking know what this movie is. Yeah, but Rumpelstiltskin works at a strip club. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that. Exactly. Oh. I, I don't... What's he trying to spin into gold? Stripper pubes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this it was, was the, the 70s. This you was the they 70s. They had <laughs> Make me a waxy mustache. <laughs> Stripper pubes, Dad. <laughs> well, what do you think? Oh shit! That's not a fucking devil movie. It's, <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, it's. Um... <laughs> I wish they'd stuck with the original title of Sharon's Baby because not only was it a complete misnomer and fucking confusing, it um probably 
would have given us a better expectation of what this film is. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, I don't want to be born was the main title. And they say that like five times throughout the script. This baby doesn't want to be born. You didn't want to be born. I don't think I wanted to be born. So that's kind of weird. No, I think if this is anything, this is like the, this is like that last episode of Fantasy Island where it was all about tattoo. That's what I think. So definitely not a devil movie, but certainly a a, a, a movie for little people. All right. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> little people with a fucking sense of humor. Well, question number two. On a scale of one to six, how many horns high would you give this movie? Mm, two small, chubby, fat-fingered horns. Mm, that's that's high. I'd give it <laughs> one. I, I, yeah. Just a single still, horn? I think one is still generous, but it's it's kind of worth it really just because the dwarf is so like nasty and evil through the movie. Oh, he as, is. L- as little as we see him, but he's nasty. Yeah, but he's gross. He's just... Ugh. And not because he's a dwarf, just because of his character. His character is just so... Just dripping with sleaze. Yeah, he's vile. Yeah. So finally, why should our listeners watch The Devil Within Her, or should they? Uh, gosh. I don't even really think it's worth it, even for the dwarf, if I'm honest. Maybe the disco birth plus the dwarf might be worth it. I would say that there may be some listeners who would enjoy it simply for Donald Pleasance. You know, because it's Donald Pleasant. Donald Pleasant. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you kind of have to watch everything he's in, right? So, I don't know. That would be about it, though, because Joan Collins is patently horrible in this movie. But if you want to see the most non-threatening baby, it's literally like that. Remember that South Park episode where, what was it, fucking hamsters or something that were overrunning the town? Hamsters? Oh, what, what, yeah, like... Or kittens or something. It's like it's like everybody pointing to a kitten and saying it's a tiger. So, oh, I could remember that. I don't know. Okay. Well, it happened. Yeah, Goddamn it! It was a two-part episode. <laughs> I believe you. Burr. I was just thinking Donald Pleasance's character in this movie though was really kind of dull. I mean, the most exciting thing he did in the whole thing was get his head chopped off and sedate people. Well, yeah, that was fun. He was doling out a lot of morphine. I like, to the, feel good. I like the one scene where he's got the baby sedated and the baby's just on like a regular examining table and nobody's got their hand on him or anything. They don't care <laughs> if the baby fucking rolls off. He's talking to the nurse. Leave him. He's fine. You know, just, it's he'll... the 70s. They didn't even have car seats. Exactly. <laughs> There's no safety at all in the 70s. Really, I guess to be the only thing that this movie is missing is probably visible bottles of JB blended scotch. <laughs> it's a British movie, not Italian. Well, yeah, but it's got that weird fucking nonsense Italian vibe to it though. And the, her husband was Italian. Gino was an Italian man. All right. All right. Well, I guess maybe if they had some J and B, they would have straightened up a bit. I know I would. <laughs> Bullshit. You kill over. That stuff is nasty. Well, it is. I don't know how people drink that shit. 
Well, everybody's got something they like to drink, and if you like to drink and watch movies about unnaturally strong devil babies and the dwarves who love them, then you should probably hang out for a second. It's time for America's favorite game of increased blood alcohol levels, Drinking with the Devil, where you love the movies and feel the same for your own liver. Drink whatever the baby looks evil or threatening. But that never happens, not one fucking time. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, drink when the baby is cute? That's more like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> drink whenever Joan, Lucy, not Susan, <laughs> cries that the baby hates her. <laughs> drink whenever Mrs. Hyde says something snotty. <laughs> drink whenever Gino looks clueless. Oh, God. Even Gino's hair looks clueless in this movie. <laughs> and finally, our grand master challenge, drink. Every time Dr. Donald Pleasance wants to sedate somebody. <laughs> well, please be advised that we goat kissers in no way, shape, and or form condone alcohol abuse or underage drinking. But they They've have always, always worked, worked for us. Hey, let's do that thing. Hell yeah, let's do that thing. Ah! People, it's time for us to answer whatever questions you've hurled at us this time. It's time to ask the goat. I'll send you a love letter. Straight from my heart, fucker. You know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker. You receive a love letter from me, you're fucked forever. As my lovely assistant X rummages through the malevolent mailbag. Rummage, rummage, rummage. Remember, you can always ask us. Any question your black little hearts desire over at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash kiss the goat. You can also send us emails at our evil email address, which is the goat of madness at gmail.com. Who's our first letter writer today, X? First blood is drawn by Duncan McLeish. There can be only one. Duncan asks, why do you think people say the devil's in the details? That's usually where you get fucked. <laughs> so the devil's out, So the devil's fucking you? Well, you know, good or bad. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes that makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, you know, like in contracts and shit, you don't read the details. Yeah, and that's where and that's where you find out that you've sold your soul. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Dave Burke asks, "Is it really that difficult to have sympathy for the devil?" No, I don't think so. Not for us. No, because I've always considered him to be a scapegoat. You know, I mean, I was a kid who got in trouble in Sunday school because I thought Judas got ripped off. You know, I thought he just got gypped. He did get fucking gypped. He did. Go hang yourself, asshole. What? What? Damn it. So, um, so no, it's not that hard for me to have sympathy for the devil. Poor guy. Poor schmuck. <laughs> I got railroaded. Uh, Mark Schofield wants to know, is it really better the devil you know than the devil you don't? Fuck no. You really have the devil you don't know? Well, 
In what context? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're used to, you know, smoking Virginia Slims, and then somebody slips you some black tar heroin and a piece of tin foil, it's kind of a jump, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, I was just thinking, and usually, you know, if the devil's fucking with you, then it's not necessarily a good thing, and I would rather not be fucked in a bad way by somebody I know. See, I don't want to be fucked in a bad way by somebody I don't know, because then it's like a complete surprise, and that's even worse. Hmm. I'd rather be surprised than betrayed. What if the betrayal is a surprise? What is betrayal not a surprise? When are you like, oh, I see this shit coming. <laughs> <laughs> How about... Okay, fine. I'll take that. Yeah. Well, Dave Burke is not done. He came back for more. He wants to know, is Vince McMahon really the devil's appointed on Earth, or is he just a shitty person? <sighs> uh -oh. Vinnie Mac has done some things in the past that are questionable. So have I. However... No Chance was probably the one of the better entrance themes of the Attitude Era, so I gotta give him that. I knew you were gonna defend that fucker. Uh, it's not <laughs> he's not the devil's appointed. Jesus Christ. That sounds horrible. That's like we're gonna get all these people together and break an attendance record for the pay per view and I'm gonna set the goddamn Coliseum on fire. Kill them all, fuckers. No chance. Um, so, no. He would lose way too much money with that. He would, exactly, which is why yeah. that would never happen. Mm -mm. However, getting all of your wrestlers hooked on steroids back in the 70s and 80s and, you know, screwing up so bad that Owen Hart dies in the middle of the ring during a pay-per-view, uh, um. questionable. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Damn it. You know if you ask me wrestling shit, I'm just going to go. Oh, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Lisa Ann Carrillo <laughs> wants to know, how big is a demon really if a legion can fit into a body? Hmm. Must not be very fucking big then, huh? I, I don't know. I think, I think there is... They're immaterial. They're like... I don't know, fucking phase shifters or something. I think they're as big as you want them to be, you know. <laughs> but, here's, but here's the thing, though. I th <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Maybe with some help. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, <laughs> the thing about the thing about demons is that they do tend to lie, like um, in the. In the Exorcist, when Pazuzu said through Reagan that he was Legion, he was all these different, all these different demons, and he wasn't. He was just the one guy because he was a lion sack of shit. So I don't know. Maybe it is just one per person. Then again, I don't know. There was the crazy guy in the Bible that Jesus drove the demons out of him and into the pigs. I don't know. Yeah. yeah don't so. Know. I don't know. Maybe it just depends on how many you really, you know, how, how many can you fit? It may not be a one-size-fits-all situation. 
the eternal question. I can fit eight and a half. <laughs> well, Mike Merriman has a burning question. He wants to know, what did the devil do after he got done in Georgia? Went to Louisiana. Really? Because <laughs> I heard he moved to Arkansas. Oh, <laughs> nice one. We've covered this before, haven't we? I think maybe so. It's like deja vu all over again in here. Joe Nance pulls the Knoxville card. Being so close, have you ever considered taking a vacation to the UTK body farm? <laughs> Do they have condos there? God, I hope not. I mean, really, can you, like, rent a fucking cabin at the body farm? If you don't know what the body farm is, um, it's a place at the University of Tennessee here in Knoxville where they, well, they have bodies and they study to see how fast they decompose and rates of decomposition and they do stuff like you know put a body in the trunk of a car and then bury the car just weird stuff like that i mean if you've ever if you're a huge csi fan then going to the body farm would be like i don't know a sex tour of bangkok for you because just all manner of death and decay ew yeah so i don't know <laughs> how does that sound to you as a vacation spot cootie I'm going to have to pass. Um, well, these people I, already have. Shit. <laughs> you know, I've driven past um, many a dead possum, you know, in the heat <laughs> of July here in, in Knoxville. I don't really want to get up close and personal with that odor. So, yeah. no. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that also. I would much rather go to somewhere like, I don't know, Hot Springs or mm -hmm. the beach rather than sit around and just, you know. Count maggots. Count maggots and look for look for pupa. Be like, oh, that insect got there first. I can tell you how long this body's been here. Blah. Um, yeah. No, but thanks. That was a great idea, Joe. And really, it's probably more in our budget than <laughs> <laughs> going to the beach right now. Yeah. Anyway, um, Sin Fallon wants to know, why do people still ask me about human sacrifice in Beltane rituals thanks to the Wizard Man? Which, she adds, I've never seen either of the films. And we probably need to address that first. Yeah. I mean, come on, Sin. The Wicker Man is the original. Yeah, the original. Yeah. Give or take the, the, the remake. I don't hate it as much as other people do. But a lot of people really hate that movie. But the Wicker Man really should be seen, I think, by anybody in an alternative belief system. And just, it is thought-provoking. And it raises a lot of fun questions. And also, if you're in the right mood, the ending is really fucking funny. Um, <laughs> so some JMB. <laughs> so I don't know why people still ask you about human sacrifice along with that. Um... I, I guess I'm I guess I'm sorry that they do, but I think for, in order to answer the question, you have to you have either to watch the yeah, movie. gotta watch the movie or at least go to Burning Man once. Is that a belting? No, but they do have oh. they do they do set a giant male effigy on fire. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, no, it's not really Beltane. No, I don't. I don't think that it's. It's not classically associated with Beltane. Um, it's the whole concept of sacrifice, which really is more likened to the summer solstice. But um, it's a fun movie, regardless. The the circumstances regarding why they do the Wicker Man at Beltane is. Um, uh, explained in great detail. So I highly recommend it. I would say that in some circles, Wicker Man would be considered to be canon for life. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that there are people who would definitely take it um, that seriously in some respects. <clears throat> so, yeah, I can recommend it. Anyway, yeah. c- coming into the home stretch here, Mike Stewart wants to know, is the truth really out there? No, Mike. The truth is in there. I Yeah, perfect answer. <laughs> Finally, we're going to wrap up this Q&A session with Sin again. She's all over this episode. <laughs> she wants to know, am I the only one who was raised by a mother who believed that holograms were the work of the devil? What the fuck? What? <laughs> I think we have... No, no, no. We, we got to... <clears throat> Excuse me, we got to we got to kind of delineate here because are we talking, talking about, about Jim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we talking about Jim and the holograms? Um, <laughs> also, are we talking like the holograms that like get up on stage and move and like are dead people, like the Tupac hologram or the Michael Jackson hologram, or are we talking about like the old school holographs? Because if we're talking holographs, back in the day. Uh, my dad was a co-owner of a little shop that used to sell them. You know, at the end of Logan's run where he's going through interrogation by the computer and you can see all those little holographs of his face that when the camera kind of pans around it, you can see his head turn and his mouth move like he's talking. That would be a holograph and not necessarily a hologram. So we had holographs. I was familiar with those when they came out. So nobody in my family ever thought that they were the work of the devil, especially if we sold one, because they were fuck-all expensive. (laughs) My mother thought that E.T. was the work of the devil. Um, Never really really a concern over holograms. Um, Dungeons and Dragons was the devil. But, you know, me and my sisters were kids during the 80s, and all of that was really scary shit. Satanic panic, yo. Wow. Uh, By the Ravens of Odin, I think we are done here. Yep. It's all over but the pimping. And boy, my pimp hand is strong. It's cool, honey. I got your money. (laughs) Speaking of money, y'all should check out our Kiss the Goat website. We got old episodes, pictures of the KTG team, which really is just me and X, and our Kiss the Goat (laughs) store. You know that summer's coming and nothing will look better at the outdoor music festival of your choice, quite like a Kiss the Goat baby doll t-shirt. Especially if you're a guy. You don't get to judge that. Nor would I want to. (laughs) Anyway, check out the shop. Buy one of our famous Baphomet is my co-pilot bumper stickers and help us get our son's wisdom teeth cut out. It's that simple. Hey, you know what else will be helpful? Five-star reviews on iTunes. Really simple to do, and even if you're broke, your opinion don't cost a thing. Tell the world why you love us. Give us five big old shiny stars, and thank you in <laughs> advance for, you know, being cool. Yeah. 
And as always, thanks to the Horrorphilia Network for giving us a home in the push and the land we stand on is ours. And finally, thanks to all of you folks who continue to listen, download, and spread the word. We'll quit doing it. You stop laughing. The circle is open. You don't have to go home. Go forth and send some more. Until next time, I'm Cootie. My name is X. Hail Satan. Very good. Better. What the fuck is a pram? I like that. All right. Five, four, three. Back in a flash. Uh. <laughs> couldn't help yourself. Could you? I couldn't. Every if I hear the word, it's it's just it's gonna happen. <clears throat> That's it. All right. Give me a second. Let me. I got to come in again, don't I? Yes, you do. Coming in all over the place in this one. Yeah. In rapid succession. Five, four, three. Having my baby. What a lovely way of saying how much you love me Having my baby What a lovely way of saying what you're thinking of me I can see it Your face is glowing I can see it in your eyes I'm happy and knowing That you're having my Drink whenever the baby fuck five baby baby drink whenever the baby machine hammer. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition.